Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Don. I am a chubby guy living here in Hollywood, and I am Lizzo's flute. Blow me. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> Don. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser and author and public speaker, and uh, I feel rather tuba-like this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and um, I'm, I guess, a, a trombone. Or, uh, I yeah, bet you, you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael. I'm a chaser and I'm going to be different. I am Lizzo's big, fat, inflatable butt this morning. I, I feel bubbly and light <laughs> See, was... and I'm waving in the breeze. <laughs> I was going to say that, but then it seemed like we were all going to be wind instruments. So that's kind of why I, I fumbled yeah, I'm over a wind my instruments. I'm like, uh, I'm in the garage. Michael I'm... is human twerking today. I'm packed up neatly in Lizzo's garage and waiting to come out again. (laughs) (laughs) One day. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, y'all. I'm glad that you're stopping by for a nice cup of coffee. Why don't we dive on in? What do we have in our pop culture bag? Uh, We have a handful of things. Let's let's rustle Uh, around in there and grab one of the random topics. You shared this Mm -hmm. with us, and I don't know if you found it or if it was from a listener. I, you know, it just popped up in my, in my uh, Google feed, actually. Um, there's an article on Looper, and I'm sure other sources as well, um, talking about the actor who plays Ned in uh, the, Spider- the new Spider-Man movies and uh, the Avenger movies, Avengers. Um, He's Spider-Man's lost. fat friend, right? Spider-Man's fat friend. Everyone loves him. He's like, he, the actor is awesome. The character is awesome. He's yeah. so funny and charming, and, and he's just he's been adorable. like one of those... Uh, yeah, Jake, he's just Jacob been battle on. Thank you. Um, he's just been an awesome character to watch, and I don't want to wrap his weight up into the identity of that character. But he did have a kind of an interesting caption in a photo that he posted where he had lost a whole bunch of weight and was talking about going to the gym. And Trevor, what was it? What was the quote exactly? He said, "Uh, don't try to get at me. I'm a B vibing all day. Chi, by the way, I appreciate the concern." But people can stop telling me to lose weight now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. So on the one hand, it's like, yeah, dude, do your thing. Make yourself happy. But also it just sucks to feel like that was that kind of pressure and judgment was maybe part of his decision to, you know, to go to the gym as hard as he did. Yeah, um, I mean, because he's I think happy the with the situation. Cost, great. But I got to say he was, I think one of the two examples of fat people in the entire Marvel universe. So it's, it's a little sad to see the representation go. It's yeah. Yeah, It's two edged like that because on the one hand, you, like you said, he's such a great example of representation. On the other hand, you know, he's a human being and an actor and he's not obligated to carry that mantle. Yeah. No. Yeah. He doesn't. And you want him to be happy. I, Um, I did think it was weird that the article framed it as the Spider-Man actor who plays Ned Leeds lost weight and got totally ripped. Cause like, I mean, no, congratulations but also like he doesn't really look like ripped no the way they put it was like you know it, you don't have to be a, a ripped you know superhero uh bod to be in the mcu but it doesn't hurt and as we found out today you know the spider-man and it's just like uh like really and we're and they just sort of go on to like glorify the whole like yeah. he's he's hot now kind of thing and it's yeah it's like we're not saying that being thin is better than being fat but oh my god he's so thin it's amazing and it's so wonderful and oh my god it's a and it's so much better (laughs) and it's so much better but it's not right right could you imagine it'd be very interesting if we came across an article talking about an actor who gained weight and talked about their body transformation the same way like (laughs) like if you want to illustrate the issue yeah if you want to illustrate the issue like Mm -hmm. you can't say that your body, that the, that your organization doesn't uh, extol a body type as a virtue when you only extol one body type as a virtue. <laughs> right. Uh, so we wish him the best. Yes. And uh, congratulations on your achievement. And yes. we will we will miss your representation in the universe, but it's okay. You do. You, and what does this mean for future Spider-Man movies? He, well, he's going to get recast with a fat actor because they can't have a thin actor playing a fat role. That's just not how Hollywood works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Intense. <irony. laughs> uh, I shall take a sip now. 
Yeah. No, it would be it would be ridiculous and almost tragic if if they're like, oh my god, we got to put you in a fat suit now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, fuck. How many kinds of horrible? It's yeah. a whole so, horrible. It's a whole horrible Sunday. Or like imagine a, if they recast him with a different fat actor. Like, oh like, wow, that yeah. would, that would probably hurt. That would not be a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well. At any rate, uh, we have more happy news for yeah. you. Uh, I, I, I front loaded the bad news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, I got, I hope there's something else because I have two bummers. Um, so <laughs> last week, uh, Conchata Farrell died. Um, she was on Two and a Half Men, um, but also just amazing character actress. Um, I, I remember nothing. seeing her for the first time years and years and years ago when I was just a tiny tot on a sitcom based on the Broadway play Hot Al Baltimore, and she was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think she was also in Adam, uh, Adam Sandler's stable of actors, like most of his movies, certainly in, in like the early part of his career. Mm-hmm. She was um, in Edward Scissorhands, which I kind of remember her from as one of the, the, the ladies of the neighborhood. Yeah. Which is a very talented, very hardworking fat actress. Yes. Uh, died. I think she was 77. Mm-hmm. Um, My friend, Wendy is a, is a, a wonderful working character actress in Hollywood. And, um, I directed her in a play many years ago and we've had a lot of interactions together. And she posted this thing because she met uh, Conchata Farrell, I think in the context of an audition and was mm-hmm. just starstruck. So my friend Wendy, Wendy writes on Facebook, I was one of six brought into audition for what was originally written as a Russian woman, a guest role in a single episode of this classic sitcom. I was a little starstruck when I saw her sitting there. I had been a big fan over the years and they called her into the room. She stood up and said, oh, hell, I'm going to make her Southern and marched in to meet the producers. <laughs> Might as well have left right then. She was one of the greats. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, gets, gets brought into play a Russian and turns it into a yes. Southern part. Which is just so that's the character she plays. That's I mean, so that's so Conchata. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're laughing again, because I got us through the bad stuff. Uh, the bummers. Good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tess Holliday, uh, famous plus size model, has struck a uh, co-pro deal with Glass Entertainment Group. And basically is they're developing a show called Fat Inc., um, which is kind of about the journey fat women go on when they're getting tattoos. Hmm. Oh, if you don't know, um, yeah, because Tess Holiday has a lot of tattoos. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I haven't really thought about the differences for fat and thin people getting tattoos. Like, other than if I lose weight, is it going to look like a shrinky dink? Like, I is there a major thought process? You know, it'd be really cool is if like you designed a tattoo around the idea that you can either lose or gain weight, and the tattoo changes shape intentionally based on that so, so like, i don't from the mouth why of did chaser, you get a gigantic, <laughs> why did you get an accordion tattooed on your stomach i don't fully understand this in it's okay so on that in uh x-men origins colon wolverine there's the character of the blob which we have talked about in uh was that our first episode i think early was, on yeah. very yes, early very on, early yeah. on um and the the blob Fred Dukes pre getting fat has a mermaid tattoo. And then when Wolverine encounters him later, after he's gotten very fat, the mermaid is fat, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I think it's like a fun joke. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. I don't remember it, but I appreciate that. It's a very like blink and you'll miss it detail. <laughs> Um, but it's exciting. Well, There's shall we, uh, more representation. More, more, more. All of the representation. <laughs> and speaking of representation, has Lizzo been up to anything this of week? Of course she has. Yay! Lizzo Watch 2020. Join us now for an all new update. Take us away, Trevor. So we mentioned Lizzo was nominated for like every Billboard Music Award possible, and she ended up. Taking home the award for top song sales for an cool. artist. Award shows are weird now because they're real, but not real in terms of like, she was actually somewhere for this. This was not Lizzo via satellite. <laughs> she was at an undisclosed location. Um, I've been Wait, there. Dan's been there. She had an amazing dress uh, that was kind of this like off the shoulder 
very nicely cut. It kind of made me think of something that like an 80s Barbie would have. Black, black dress and it said vote all over it. Hmm. Oh, cool. Um, and she used her acceptance speech to uh, kind of remind her fans that they can affect change, reminding them, reminding them to vote. I just want to say... I've been thinking a lot about suppression and the voices that refused to be suppressed. And I wonder, would I be standing here right now if it weren't for the big black women who refused to have their voices be suppressed? And I just want to say right now, if you're at home watching this and you are thinking about changing yourself to feel worthy, this is your sign to remain true to who you are. Let me tell y'all something. When people try to suppress something, it's normally because that thing holds power. They're afraid of your power. There's power in who you are. There's power in your voice. So whether it's through music, protest, or your right to vote, use your power, use your voice, and refuse to be suppressed. Thank you so much to Billboard. I love y'all. God bless y'all. Bye, bitch. <laughs> Where do I go? But using her platform to get people to vote, reminding people that they have power to make change in the world. And given the number of people that are are voting early, I think it's having some impact. Yes. So keep it up, everyone. I'm I'm filling out my ballot today and mailing it in. So I filled out my sample ballot and there's so much stuff. It's confirmation that mine has been accepted and counted. Using her vote dress is not the only way Lizzo is getting people to get out and vote. Auntie Sam was twerking the vote, which I like, <laughs> uh, which I, Uncle Sam is canceled. Launch him into the sun. Auntie Lizzo, or sorry, uh, Auntie Sam is the only person I want. I mean, I guess not even pointing, pointing, at, me, pointing twer- at you, twerking at me. Like, <laughs> um, pointing at you with her butt. Yes. We got two twerking videos from Lizzo this week. There was a, uh, Auntie Sam, and then uh, Lizzo <laughs> took a class from a, a class called Twerkology 101. <laughs> or me, I don't know. She was saying Twerkology 101. I think maybe she, uh, I don't know. It is from what do you a, learn uh, in Twerkology? A celebrity twerk slash dance fitness coach, uh, CJ the trainer. Oh, it is okay. So it is Twerkology 101. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that'll be uh, something we do at some point. We'll take a a group twerking class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any of the prerequisites for this. <laughs> it's one on Dan. You can just take for it. that. There are no prerequisites. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from twerking to working, <laughs> we're getting straight to our main topic of uh, I'll let we'll let Dan set it up because he kind yeah, of yeah Dan okay. take us away. Yeah, so I you know we we talk a lot about representation here on the Big Fat Gay Podcast, and you know that if you're a longtime fan. And I just got thinking about what would it be like if we got our wish. And so I I set the task <laughs> for for all of us. Um, what would you like to see as far as representation in the form of because you know it like I was thinking okay. Is it fat shaming if a fat character has to deal with the chairs in a restaurant having arms or is it just mm-hmm. recognizing what goes on in the real lives of fat people? And, you know, the, the answer is, well, it depends how it's handled. And so that got me thinking, well, maybe the way to talk about this is to get specific and for us all to make some sort of pitch or or come up with what would what would you like to see in terms of I could be a sitcom, could be a movie, could be could be almost anything. But what would you like to see in your dream world of fat representation? And I was thinking that as it, I mean, if it were a sitcom, I was thinking sort of like in the way that blackish deals with what's it like to be. Uh, black in America from a certain point of, point of view. And I'm thinking, what would we write if we were going to do something like that? Personally, I modeled it kind of after uh, Blackish. So my working title, which I don't really like, and you guys can help me with the title, is called Fattish. <laughs> and um, it centers around a bunch of characters. So what I have is sort of an outline for what could be taken forward into a whole series. So the show revolves around Zach and, and Jeremy. Uh, they're our chub chaser couple. And Zach is a chaser and he's a personal trainer and Jeremy is a chub and he's an ad executive uh, here in, and they're both in Los Angeles. And Jeremy, uh, the fat ad exec, has a sister named Kendra who is a plus size model and her best friend Denise is a gorgeous thin photographer with a fat 10 year old son. And so this is sort of the core 
of of what I think can we can bring in other we can bring in neighbors we can bring in friends. But what I thought this would set up is a bunch of episode ideas that could look at issues like, uh, for example, Zach the chaser personal trainer has to deal with a new client who questions his competency and commitment when this client meets his fat partner. And she's like, well, how, how can you be a personal trainer if you have a fat partner? Uh, or Jeremy at work, uh, he has to sort out his feelings when he lands a snack food account and everyone seems to believe he's the ob- he obviously most qualified person to know the junk food market. Right. Hmm. Uh, Kendra, the um, plus size model, she deals with a designer who complains that she's the wrong fat body for his clothing designs. And so what's Mm. the right fat body and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then Denise uh, at a PTA meeting, Denise faces the stigma of being the parent of a fat child and how there's an assumption that like, how could you let this happen when you look so thin and beautiful? How could you let your child not be thin and beautiful? Right. right. Uh, And then finally, there's uh, Denise's son has a has an has an interesting possible story. He's bullied at school for being fat. Uh, Denise, his mother, turns to Kendra and Jeremy. Uh, the two fat mainstays for advice, but they kind of don't offer much. They're sort of versions of, well, just ignore the bastards uh, or, you know, it gets better. And empathy actually comes from Zach, the thin personal trainer, uh, as who turns out used to be a fat kid in elementary school. And he's got some interesting points of view on what it, what it would be like for a uh, hmm. young son. Hmm. I like that. So yeah. th- that's, that's kind of my so, idea uh, and some episode p- topics. Yeah. So when somebody watches Fat-ish and let's say like the show gets produced and it's this, you know, sort of great sort of uh, niche sitcom, what happens? Like, what would you want to see in um, either a young chaser, a young chub or whatever? Somebody for whom the show is meant, what would you want them to take away from it? Like, what would the what would the what would you want? What would the impact be? Um, that you would want to be able to put out into the world? I think for the chaser is that it's okay to be out loud and proud about that, that it's okay to have these desires because so often we're, we're told that it's, it's bad and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see that in a lot. And especially like I remember something that I used to get all the time is people would say to me, uh, oh, wow, you're so, much, you're so into physical fitness. How come you like fat guys? And I, right. it just completely confused me because the, the two seemed completely unrelated until I realized, oh, they think that I have this commitment to physical fitness and they <laughs> think that fat people don't. And that would be some sort of mismatch. And it has right. nothing to do with either of those things. So that's <laughs> that's one thing. And then the other thing I thought is that, you know, I was looking at two shows when I thought of this. And one is uh, Blackish, which is clearly about what, you know, what does this black family encounter as issues being black in America? And then mm-hmm. I also thought about Shit's Creek, which mm-hmm. is interesting because you have gay characters and a bunch of other characters and they just don't deal with that. It's like, yeah, they're gay. Moving on. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. going to deal with homophobia. We're not going to deal with the other. We're just going to have a, a couple who love each other and they're gay. Moving on. And right. so I think there's an interesting and there's an interesting balance to be struck there in a, a show with fat people of how much do you make it? Like my main characters, you know, he's an ad exec. The other is a plus size model. Clearly, they are not hobbled by their size or by the impression of their size. But that's not to say that it, it doesn't, that sort of prejudice doesn't exist. And so I, I, I invented those characters as a way to explore. Yeah, there are issues, but, but, but that doesn't make them necessarily a limitation. That just makes them something that's in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right, and right. so like trying to strike that balance of you don't want to make it an excuse. You don't want to make it a, a limitation. On the other hand, it, you have to acknowledge it exists. I think uh, it has to stand on its own. Like, I think the show needs to be funny and entertaining and heartfelt on its own without the specific subject. But it yeah. also does need to handle the specific subject eloquently and elegantly. But also so, like you have to be able to do both. And I think when shows like that work, it's oftentimes because it's accessible to people who don't have a personal connection to that subject because they can access other parts of the show that aren't about that. But right. then they also get brought into it because the show is so well done. I, I also wanted to make Jeremy and Kendra, the brother, sister, the brother, sister of fat people. I wanted to make them a different race than Denise, who's the thin, beautiful photographer. And I don't know, mm-hmm. like I'd have to get in a writer's room with, with people who aren't just a bunch of white guys like me and really explore like, what's the most effective way to make that difference? Cause there's a lot of stuff faced in the black community about fat that is different than the white people's community about fat. It's true. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it turns up in uh, Chub Chaser events 
when I, you know, it's because it's funny when I lead to uh, straight events, there's often a lot of black male chubby chasers. And when you go to a gay event, there's not a lot of black gay chubby chasers. And so some of the white women conclude that, oh, it's okay. I guess, you know, it's you're so lucky you're a fat black woman because it's so accepted in the black community and nothing enrages the black women more than hearing this. Trust me. They're oh, like, how yeah. dare you? Because it's not an accurate perception of, of their experience. Right. But from the outside, it kind of looks like that. So that's a really interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am, I a little bit misunderstood what we're doing. So I kind of, um, I was thinking of like, I've been brought onto this show Fatish, and was thinking of like, what kind of storylines would I like to see? Um, so I kind of came up with um, basically like the Thanksgiving episode and framing it as three Thanksgivings um, to explore kind of intersectionality within this show and within the, the, the concept of intersectionality within fatness but also um in once again this is throwbacks to episode i think this is two where we talked about dealing with family um and also the concept of nice spice or ice mm. so in the three thanksgivings episode we're following uh the characters as they're kind of in these you know they're separated for the holidays and there's a a family thanksgiving where we're with um one of the characters you know direct family we're at a in-law Thanksgiving and then a uh, Friendsgiving and seeing is the main of, character fat. Yes. Okay. Um, and I would say that it's like, you know, the, one of the fat characters, families, uh, one of the chaser uh, families is the in-law Thanksgiving. And then there's just a mixed, you know, Friendsgiving mm -hmm. um, and just that we see different, these different groups relations to food um, hmm. so there would be kind of the, like, everyone brings something. It's just like there, it is very indulgent. Um, but there's still kind of this toxic relationship to food, but it is not, it is less constructed. It is just like very indulgent. And then there is the, um, I kind of imagine like waspy henpecky, like very formal Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and then just kind of a chill, like Friendsgiving where it is just like people bring whatever, maybe there's not a turkey. It's more just kind of about people spending time together. And then that there would be these kind of three opportunities where the fat characters are presented with like uh, the confrontation about like, oh, you're eating that. Like, maybe you shouldn't have more. So I have, you know, the nice response, which is like, oh, you know, I didn't fly across the country to miss out on anti-vice sweet potato casserole. Mm. Um, and then mm -hmm. a spice, <laughs> which I feel like this is actually maybe a little more aggressive than is intended but uh and your lip filler is a little uneven but that's not really my business and my food choices are none of yours <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure that's that's spicy that may be a little far <laughs> uh so then i say i have stop moralizing food it's extremely harmful to talk about food this way and i will not have you instilling the same fucked up virtues and eat eating disorders in my child that you instilled in me oh wow <laughs> yeah okay that's an escalation <laughs> nice yeah um and i think also this like what i would like to be able to see is like seeing opportunities to showcase different kinds of allyship um mm. so like there could be you could like have a family member standing up as an ally obviously with like the the chaser waspy uh in-laws mm. you could have the partner standing up and then at the friends giving um you know showcasing like how you can stand up as a friend and how I imagine like the friends giving going like kind of what ruins that is like it's really chill. There's not really, you know, less issues about food, less issues about whatever politics, but like someone brings someone really shitty, <laughs> which I feel like is I don't know. I've never had that happen at a friends giving, but I'm sure it happens just because people are shitty. <laughs> well, and um, nobody nobody is ever going to say no. You can't bring that person to Thanksgiving. Yeah. In a Friendsgiving. Yeah. Um, but, right. But where the inside of an open table. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, some good. There's some solid ideas there. I like that. I do too. I have a similar. So I think I took the the concept of this topic the same way Trevor did. Where I think the last thing I read on the thread was, "What would you like to take on in an episode as representation?" So I'm just gonna sort of. My idea was based on Fatish being the sitcom we were all talking about. So kind of like what Trevor did. So let's imagine an episode of Fatish um, with the same characters Dan talked about. 
Um, and I think in this episode, like, there's one thing that I I didn't really ever know as a chaser, and I don't think most people think about it's just because why would you ever? Um, where I think maybe I'll, I'll describe the episode and you'll get to it when we get to it. But um, mm-hmm. the whole family goes out on like a boating trip, mm-hmm. uh, like sailboating, I think. Um, you know, just like a kind of a fun little like, hey, we're all on vacation and let's have fun. And I think the in-laws, so like Jeremy and Kendra are the brother, the fat brother, sister, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the in-laws, uh, Jeremy's in-laws are maybe with them or like some yeah. sort of guest guest members uh, who are maybe not as accepting. And maybe the dad uh, in-law is it has made some disparaging comments about having fat people on a boat mm. and like, is it safe? You know, just it just like di- little digs, like sitcom safe digs mm. like that, that are establishing some prejudice. And like maybe the boat like renter is like this really skeezy, like the shady guy who's just like, yeah, whatever. Like you can fit 12 people on a 10 person boat. And he just mm-hmm. like it just sort of escalates the fear that this might create a bad situation. Um, and they get on this this kind of like rinky dink sailboat that's really poorly maintained and there's like a storm of brewing, but they go out anyway. <laughs> and like, it's just all escalating to this point of, of danger. Um, turns out the storm blows over and everything's fine, but the boat has a hole in it because oh. it's shitty. And so the boat actually starts to sink and they all start panicking because they're like, oh my God, like whatever reason they get stranded kind of out in the bay and um, look, surprise, surprise, this shitty boat owner hasn't provided any uh, life vests for them to wear. Maybe there are a couple uh, young kids. I, I know where this is going, you, I think. You know where this I is hope. going. You know where this is going. So, and and the phenomenon I'm talking about is that fat people float in water just naturally. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to lie on your back and like tread water. You don't like, it's a natural buoyancy. And I think there's an, an opportunity in this episode in a funny way, but also in a way that could confront prejudice to basically use that to save the family and provide everybody with a sense of security when, you know, up through this entire journey, it's been this increasing sense of fear and danger and stress. (laughs) And I just thought it would be a fun way to introduce people to a concept that they probably have not necessarily heard of before. um, But which would also use the, the, the idea of being fat in a positive way that could also be kind of funny and heartfelt and, wrap it all up nicely in that sort of sitcom classic way Hmm. for the record if we're ever in a sinking ship and anyone (laughs) attempts to use me as an escape raft (laughs) we're gonna have words yeah like (laughs) yeah not okay with that (laughs) yeah i i kind of thought that might be where you were going Don gets real upset when i shove him down in the water (laughs) just because i could see the simpsons doing that with homer Mm -hmm. simpson just like the entire family climbs aboard him and floats away to safety. That's the only reason why my brain went there. I, I, I like, I like that you're trying to make fatness a positive, even life-saving attribute. I'm just scared that it is so, it, 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 it so skates on the near the thin ice of becoming a, the biggest fat joke. And, or as Don says, like, really, that's what I am to you, a flotation device. Uh, and, I, and, but I, I, I like it. Which, I, I, by the way, I, no one thinks as Michael yes. is saying. No one thinks that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Exactly. Way, I'm just. I, I, I'm just well, I, let me just make, if I can finish this. So I mean, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I like the, I like being able to do something with that. I'm just really scared of the execution of it because I mean, there's just so many ways I mean, that can go wrong. But I would well, love it to go right. Yeah. That's universally true of any pitch we're going to lay down here. I suppose that's, like, any like, single that's, pitch we lay out was, could could be go disastrously wrong if treated badly. I think yeah, that, I feel like that was written into the the original question was like, is it mm-hmm. fat shaming if people? You literally mm-hmm. wrote, yeah. is it fat shaming if yeah. a fat character has to deal with chairs and a restaurant having arms, mm-hmm. or is it just recognizing what goes on in the real lives of fat people? Yeah, I think, like that's, I think that you was nailed how it, I went into it. That was <laughs> yeah. the reason why I went yep. with that subject yep. because I felt like it does actually tackle that exact thing. I yeah, think no, way, I, I, it it gets at that. I think a way to do that would be. I think maybe it's not that there's no life or uh, life jackets, but that like there's they're one short and, you know, there's kind of this thing. that's like he's, you know, seemingly sac- is sacrificing himself. And then, you know, they're like, 
the ship is sinking and they're all freaking out and then he just kind of bobs by <laughs> in the background yeah so he he's the safest of any of them yes okay i like that i have to admit this says terrible <laughs> things about me every time i've heard about a ship going down i'm always like i, I that doesn't frighten me like i could close <laughs> yeah. to safety if i was on the titanic i probably would have lived a minute longer than mm-hmm. everyone else you know mm-hmm. just like i don't know and better insulated <laughs> from the cold water yeah <laughs> this water's so nice <laughs> mm-hmm. yep uh well i i did interpret this as coming up with your own show that highlighted so my thinking on this one was uh i feel like the show that dan has pitched is sort of an affirmation show as a fat person that's a show i want to watch uh i made one that's a little bit more of a an envoy show to the mainstream to try and Hmm. uh create an environment where these issues can be explored in a way that they could uh, accept um and sugarcoat them so that they might swallow and and process a little bit uh so i borrowed the title from another sitcom i came up with a long time ago uh, my show is called in thickness or in health <laughs> <laughs> the basic premise of the show is two brothers open a curves gym okay that's for um, women right that is a, that is a it, it, this Again, because I want this to hit with as many people on as broad a target as possible. Um, it's very heteronormative through most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, two brothers open a curves gym. Biff is a personal trainer, hot, sexy, and he knows it. Wants to do wants to open this gym because he loves fat woman. And and to him, again, uh, so this he, we start with a negative place for all these characters. Mm-hmm. For him, the gym is a hunting ground for Ooh, yeah. All of the all of the juicy fat women that he can roll around. Yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> uh, his brother Doug is the accountant, handsome in a much more sort of everyman sort of way, uh, and thinks it's good business to run this gym. But he really does not understand his brother's attraction to fat women at all. Right. Mm. So it's sort of the negative the the sort of the negative mainstream view of flat fat people is represented by him. Uh, Louise is a customer at the gym, a big woman. Uh, who not only rebuffs Biff's advances, who's sort of unique on the show, uh, but doesn't seem to be surprised by them. So there's no like, oh, what, me? How could you possibly be attracted to me? She accepts that she's beautiful and she can get, she's fine with it. Yeah. Um, Doug finds himself growing increasingly attracted to Louise, to his discomfort and confusion, um, which gets compounded by the fact that she takes over the management for the gym and all the scheduling. So the three of them start working together. Nice. Right. Um, there's a fourth character who's sort of minor in this one, Chuck, who is Louise's chubby preteen son. So we do have a fat male character in there too. So some of the things that I wanted to sort of like highlight as backgrounds is the gym becomes more successful and brings in a larger clientele because Biff doesn't railroad women into work, you know, weight, weight loss workouts over and over and instead focuses on programs to make them feel, uh, more comfortable in their bodies, appreciate their, their strengths rather than emphasizing what they perceive as their own weaknesses. Um, and he provides more of a confidence thing than most personal trainers do for fat clientele. Doug's journey to understanding fat and fat attraction uh, comes from his romance with Louise and uh, beginning to understand his brother's uh, attractions. And Biff's journey is more conventional as he starts uh, he starts as the kid in the candy store uh, with all of the negative stereotypes associated with chasers. But his arc, thanks to his interactions with Louise and Doug, are to sort of swing him into a more sort of like I see fat people as people uh, direction rather than just my sexual receptacles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the ideas for all of this is that through Biff and Doug, we get sort of all the mainstream perceptions of fat people or, and people's interactions with them. And because both of them start in sort of the most negative places, they can we have a journey for them to move towards becoming better people. Um, Louise becomes sort of our anchor and uh, our fat person's way in to see sort of the options available to them and maneuvering through these strange interactions with these people. And it leads to a couple different story ideas that I thought could be interesting, specifically for us and for mainstream. Biff finds himself attracted to a fat man for the first time, oh, wow. uh, creating a crisis of sexuality where we can explore some of the things that that you guys have talked about in this mm-hmm. whole like maybe I'm attracted to fat, not just specifically a gender. Louise finds herself in a sexual relationship with a man who doesn't want to see be seen in public with her, Yep, which triggers all sorts of stuff for Biff and Doug, who they've never heard of anything like this before. 
Hmm. Let's see. Very traditional sitcom setup. Doug accidentally walks into the dressing room and sees Louise naked, uh, <laughs> awakening sexual feelings he didn't know or expect. Um, while Biff is helping with this, Louise seeks revenge by breaking into the men's dressing room and sees Biff naked by accident. So it's very, <laughs> very traditional sitcom setup. Uh, but with the twist of it being sort of just bringing the fat aspect to the fore and people's unexpected relationships. You know, so I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do here is like we're trying to set set a, a setting where we can explore many different bodies from many different angles and many different perspectives, present uh, opportunities to explore the treatment of fat people by the normal Doug, the chaser Biff and other fat people, Louise, and the dynamics are in place to explore fat sexualization, mainstream impressions of it and all that sort of stuff. So. That's my pitch in thickness or in health. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I like here's so here's here's two my two thoughts I have. One is that mm-hmm. Biff, I think Biff might have to stay an asshole for the formula to keep to keep the oh, show yeah. going. And and then it becomes a joke about how the chaser like I'm thinking of like two and a half men where the Charlie Sheen character is kind of always a dick. And that's mm-hmm. that's what he has to be for that part in the show. On the other hand. Boy, the last thing I need to see is another representation of the chaser who's a jerk. Yeah. See, but I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're I coming from. I think that what you do is you have them grow, like, because there's a thousand ways to be a jerk, right? Yep. So in each episode, you explore a different way and you see how he softens a little bit in that area of being a jerk. And yeah, I mean, I admit it's it's putting a lot of people into archetypal, tropey places, especially our chaser character, but. When with no representation, I think you have to start with people's prejudices and preconceptions in order to be able to change them. That's my argument. Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying on the other end of that is, can he change? Doesn't that doesn't that uh, hurt the show if he becomes nice? I think you could argue that like I have not watched Two and a Half Men, (laughs) but in almost every show where there is a reprehensible person, uh, the 30 Rock, Jenna, super shallow, super self-centered. She's a better person by the end of it, by mm-hmm. the end of the show, but she's still shallow and self-centered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you can have an arc. They don't need to be fixed all the way. And I think even in two and a half men, I think that character was a better person by the end of the show. Oh, sure. Thanks I, to his interactions <laughs> with his mother, son, and brother. No, I'm just taking it really personally. <laughs> of course. And, and like I said, I feel like the show that you pitched was an affirmation show. Where mm-hmm. mine is a show that's trying to go into the mainstream, force nope, its I, way in. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And, yeah. you know, and, which means it offers less affirmation to us. And yeah. Biff can always get hit in the head with a weight and have amnesia <laughs> and undo all that work at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, and maybe on his, on his wedding day or something. On his wedding day. Oh, oh, we're going to pull Louise. a full Dr. Donna with him, aren't we? We're going to make him a wonderful person <laughs> and then send him right back to square one. Ah, oh, that sucks. Um, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, good. Well, my tip this week is there is a new podcast from Michael Hobbs and your fat friend, uh, who actually your fat friend has been unmasked as uh, Aubrey Gordon. Which um, <gasps> when I when I discovered that uh, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the Justice League cartoon. Uh, there's an episode where Lex Luthor ends up in the Flash's body, and it's not going well. And he's like, "Well, at least I can find the out who the Flash is." And he takes off his mask and looks in the mirror. He says, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind finding myself inside the Flash's body. Um, <laughs> but so the uh, podcast is called Maintenance Phase. Um, and it is the two of them debunking um, like wellness myths, diet, culture. The They're doing an episode kind of about the presidential fitness test. So uh, it is a deep dive into different topics like that. Um, and Michael Hobbs uh, is a writer, and he has another podcast called You're Wrong About. But uh, listeners may know him from the Huffington Post article, Everything You Know About Obesity is Wrong. It was such a great article. It's Long one of my favorite really articles of all article. times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there actually is a Thanks. his other podcast, You're Wrong About. There is an episode uh, that I, I haven't listened to yet, but it's basically an audio version of that article. So it is two wonderful people doing a wonderful podcast. Check it out. There's only one episode out now. I think maybe by the time this comes out, the presidential fitness one will be out. Cool. That's awesome. It's nice to have an allied podcast out there. Yes. <laughs> cool. 
Well, for our bit today, hurrah! Uh, Trevor suggested we do, you know, since we're doing uh, sitcom stuff, we do a sitcom bit. So I am going, I have asked each of you to send me secretly some of your favorite shows and sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And I have devised two questions for each of you. The first question is going to be that standard internet meme of comparing each of us to members of the cast of your favorite show. <laughs> um, and then I have a follow-up question. So, for example, I would ask, for myself, I am familiar with Gilligan's Island, so I went with Gilligan's Island. I feel like Michael is Gilligan because <laughs> uh, we're always beating on him. Poor guy. He does all the work and we just we just rail on him. Uh and I also feel like he's the one who could probably build anything out of coconuts. Like I, <laughs> I believe that completely. Uh, I think Trevor is the skipper um, because if, if purely on this show, he has been the one who sort of like organizes us <laughs> yes. and keeps us on topic. Uh, he's very much sort of the, the guiding force of unity uh, the same way. I think the skipper was Dan is the professor. Anyone want to guess why? (laughs) (laughs) Because I wear a white shirt really well. (laughs) I mean, he can't Um, be Scarlet. He doesn't have red hair. (laughs) Ginger. 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 I was like, Scarlet? Sadly, I do not think I'm Marianne and I'm not rich or I'm not uh, pretty enough to be Ginger. I'm not wealthy enough to be the Howells. So I'm going to go with Marianne. I'll I'll be the uh, I would the I would peg you as Marianne or Mrs. Howell. <laughs> Mrs. Howell. <laughs> just sort of like, well, it's fine. Let's just let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can accept that. I can accept that. Um and so the the sample follow-up question I would ask myself is how would our group escape the island? Oh, okay. And my answer to that now is apparently uh Michael would use coconuts to strap Trevor and I together and we would be used as a raft so we can all float to safety. (laughs) I think that's an episode theme. (laughs) And yes, I know you wouldn't suggest that, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why he's Gilligan. (laughs) Who would like to be our first interviewee for the Trevor? Trevor, what (laughs) you sent in to me uh, included the Golden Girls. So the the most popular game on the internet is deciding which golden girl each of us is. Mm. So why don't you play for us, Trevor? Which golden girl um, are each of us and why? Hmm. I'm torn about Dan because I, I am torn between Sophia and Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can see why. <laughs> I'll say that Dan has to be Blanche just because. Just because. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because of his tales of escapades. That's um, fair. I think that makes Don Sophia because he frequently has tales of the picture. I don't know. The, the picture it. <laughs> Los Angeles, 1990. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I can accept that. Well, that just leaves. <laughs> I know. I mean, I could see you as the B. Arthur character. I would say I'm Rose, but between Michael and I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Michael's Rose. <laughs> and I do kind of like hit Michael with a newspaper sometimes. So I guess I'm Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> um, my justification for Michael being Rose would be um, because he's one of the greener members. He's innocent. Yes. Aw. I, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Betty right. White is wickedly smart, but she plays Rose. It, it's not easy to be dumb. I'll tell you that much. Um, I've tried. <laughs> so, follow up, Trevor. Yes. Like the Golden Girls, our panel is getting ready for the talent show down at the Senior Center. <laughs> what would each of us do? Um, Like on the Golden Girls, they're always getting ready a tap number. Yeah. yeah it's like either uh, Chicken Little or Cats or... <laughs> <laughs> Very mm-hmm. nice. Uh, Dan, Michael, which of you would like to follow up? Uh, I'll go second. All right, Michael, on the list of shows you sent me included 30 Rock. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So I know there's a kind of a core cast of five in 30 Rock. So one of them's Mm going to get left by the wayside. But uh, of the four of us, which one is Jack, Liz, Tracy, Jenna and Kenneth? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
Some bridges I, are going to get burned on this one, I think. <laughs> I think that... Um, I could volunteer for one if you're having trouble. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I'm... I'm I'm the only trouble I'm having is that there's a lot of overlap I think for each character and each of us but yeah. I think mm-hmm. if I'm gonna break it down I'll make okay I'll 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 lean into the trends here I'll make um Don uh Liz uh because mm. he's he's frequently kind of uh striving to do his best uh but is often put upon by the people around him and always having to kind of balance uh everybody else's crazy and try and keep ev- keep the ship guided uh and it, it often wears him down <laughs> i will gladly um, take that mantle i will i'm gonna put trevor I'm Don lemon <laughs> <laughs> trevor is uh i think trevor is jenna um yeah. I was just thinking I think that. He, <laughs> I'll do it, but only for the attention. Yeah. He's like, which of you, which of you, I don't know which of you to be mis- more disappointed in. Me, because I'm the one who knows what she's doing. <laughs> I'm the one who should know better. Um, yes, I don't think I need to explain that much further. Uh, Dan, I think, is, is Jack by virtue yes. of his ability to command a room. And to hold up his finger to silence the conversation, and uh, it very much has that has an answer for everything. Liz always goes to him with her problems, and he's always got guidance for her. Um, and so I think that just fits. And then to go with the trend of of topics today, and we'll see where Dan goes with his show. But I'll be Kenneth. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Um, what sort of advice, what sort of Jack advice would you ask for from your other three co-hosts? Like, which mm. of us would you go to for like relationship advice, career advice? I, well, I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep this in the context of what we just talked about as far as which characters you guys are. Yeah. And I would say, I'm going to go hang out with Trevor so that he can talk blindly about his problems and then I can talk blindly about my problems and neither of us really listens to each other, but we can just sort of enjoy each other's company anyway. Uh, I would go it's to Dan. without consequence. I, yes, that's exactly how the relationship works. I would go to Dan uh, for actual advice, like just really good hard advice about how to handle uh, whatever unique problem had come up in my life that I had no uh, experience with whatsoever. Um, and then uh, let's assume that uh, Don is is other Liz. Don is kind <laughs> of the the Liz at the end of the show, and I'm kind of the Liz at the beginning of the show. Oh. Uh, I, I would I would go to him and say, like, how can I have it all, please? <laughs> like, tell, <laughs> tell me how I can have it all, and then and, but you wouldn't actually have an answer for me. You'd just be like, I don't know. I talked to Jack about that stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to loop Dan into this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. I like that. Yes. Michael. All right. Dan. Me. Dan, surprisingly, put the magicians on his <gasps> list. Are you going to let me use that one? I am. Tell oh, my God. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of oh my the God. magician show, which of us is which magician? <laughs> He's so excited. You guys have no idea. He's so excited right now. I am. I totally am. Um, okay. Hmm. I can actually hmm. see him vibrating through the camera right now. <laughs> He's like bouncing up and down in his chair. Um, wow. Um, I'm just a little put off that I think I'm, I think probably nobody knows who I'm talking about. Which is, there's like one which listener is the downside who does. Of this. I, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's that dozens one of listener is so excited right now. You I know. I know. Them. We both, we both are. Um, mm-hmm. Boy. Okay. Um, so I think, I think Michael would be Quentin, Quentin Coldwater, who, uh, feels deeply, desperately trying to do the right thing, is incredibly frustrated when things don't turn out the right <laughs> way because he's done the right thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, and really just, just takes so many things to heart. Uh, at least Quentin at the beginning of the seasons. Um, Don would be Dean Fogg. Uh, because he, he's been through this shit 49 times. He's experienced 49 separate timelines and has the unfortunate, has the unfortunate curse of having remembered all of them. <laughs> and, uh, so he, uh, uh, and has very just sort of glib to the point advice. 
Like, no, you're going to be fucked. That's how it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help you beyond that. It's just, <laughs> you're really just, that's, that's how it's going to be. Did you think I had something more to contribute? I don't know why. <laughs> I, I can totally sympathize with this character. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Trevor is, I think you might be Fen. Fen is uh, <laughs> the knife maker's daughter who <laughs> comes to play. A, I mean, she starts out as like this side character, but she has a lot of really specialized expertise, which turns out in future episodes to be completely indispensable. And hmm. she's she's really cheery, but not always sure why that's not working. <laughs> and um, she is married to Elliot, who's actually gay uh, because she has to because she's contractually obligated to marry him. Um, but, you know, she she becomes this really amazing partner for him, despite hmm. their differences. Uh, who am I? Boy. Um <laughs> who are you because <laughs> i've given away all the other characters uh i th I, I might be margo uh margo is passionate deeply sexual uh occasionally very brash mm -hmm. <laughs> i'd uh, say you're on point so far <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> very brash uh and just gets shit done uh sometimes sometimes in not the cleanest manner <laughs> nice yeah that works right. for me i could see it so as a follow-up yes. the magicians have killed an awful lot of gods on that show <laughs> they have which god have we been in training to kill and which of us will actually succeed oh wow hmm. um i think we kill bacchus he's just <laughs> such a you know like a frat boy asshole party boy <laughs> i'm all for it okay. He sends yeah. people away, like he turns people away for, from his help or his party because they're killing the vibe, man. They're really killing the vibe. <laughs> so which of us successfully kills Bacchus? Oh, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do I kill him? <laughs> um, you put um, like basically the God equivalent of catnip in his drink and he basically overdoses on joy. <laughs> that's adorable <laughs> it's a great show well thanks for playing our sitcom <laughs> <laughs> I hope that all of you feel like maybe you know each of us a little better after that <laughs> well know each of our perceptions of each yes. other a little better I would say <laughs> I feel like you can always tell something about the person telling the story by what story they tell that's great I like it. Uh, so thanks for spending another hour listening to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. We're so happy to have you with us. Yeah, I know I am. Yeah. Trevor, and if you get, want to know more about us, you can yeah. find out more at... Get the hell out and go to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Fat Gay Pod. Follow us on Facebook, where we're the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Um, see all of the stuff we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah, hey. that's it. That's the that's thing. It. Uh, maybe Good job. <laughs> you're um, eager to watch an episode of 30 Rock after this. You kind of <laughs> turn off the podcast and turn on 30 Rock and the theme starts up. But then it's uh, instead of the cast, it's Michael. And he just kind of looks at you dead in the eyes and says, Blurg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some goddamn inside joke, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>